the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Because <laughs> they raping everybody out here. Should, now, a, should a Jewish I baker think, be required to bake a I Nazi think wedding Muslim cake? Millionaires and billionaires. Yeah, how about that? It feels kind of like we're up the creek. Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry. I'm the boss. That's how about right. that? And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. Well, I'm not a crook. If we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Had your kids, had your wife. Whole binders full of, uh, of women. You just got to keep on paddling. You know, I got talking blood, man. Streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the, the internet. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. <laughs> Welcome to Up the Creek. All right, now it should be working, right? Yes, I can hear everything. So how's, uh, what is this, day four <laughs> of the Rona? Yeah, day four. You know, I think it might be more than day four. My wife was saying that day five is supposed to be the hardest. And uh, I'm going to assume that I probably had it like early on because th- Thursday was the day that I guess I started developing like real symptoms, you know, fever, aches, headache, all that stuff. And then, yeah, I think she said that was like the worst day. Every day after that's been fine. I mean, I've slowly gotten better. I've got like Thursday, I was 102 degree fever, oh, headache, you know, I had about everything going on except for like a cough or anything like that. Yeah. And then uh, <clears throat> Friday, I just laid in bed and stuff, you know, and it went down. 102 degree fever was like 99, then it'd get nothing, then be 99, then nothing. And then yesterday, I was probably like really, really close. Today, the only thing I have is a little bit of drainage, like a sinus thing. Yeah. So it's. Well, that's not too bad. I don't know. No, it's not. Um, I know some people get really fucked up with it. I right. am not one of those people. Uh, I don't know. I guess it could like come rearing back or something, but I think I'll be fine. Sweet. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a cough, mostly just because it's uh, the drainage. And I like to send you guys all those pills and stuff we're taking. It's like vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin B, fish oil, um, horse wormer, zinc. Yeah. Oh God. I, I mean, I, I counted in my hand this morning, nine pills. I was like, Jesus Christ. But, Musinex is one of them, <clears throat> so it helps break everything up. So that's why it's draining really easy. Yeah, I guess that's what she said. But actually, that's it's better. I mean, here in the last few hours, the drainage has gone way down. For a while, like yesterday, I was just like ah, hacking stuff up for God. I mean, all day long. Yeah, yeah. So it's not bad, but I think I'll be over here in a couple of days, and I'm gonna go get retested again tomorrow, just for my sake. I just am curious how long I'm just gonna be in my body. Yeah, because you know we. Per the CDC, you're supposed to just hang out for once you're symptom free, and then you know your ten days is up. You can just live your life again. But it was like, ah. yeah, I would say get tested again, and then do an antibody test like immediately after it says you don't have COVID, just to see what the mm-hmm. antibody test says. I mean, I'm sure it yeah. would come back positive. I'm just, I'm curious how. Yeah, I'm a. Uh, I was thinking about doing the same thing. Actually, I was going to run over if I get a negative test. I was going to run over to like Dylan's. And uh, buy one of those $25 antibody tests or whatever. Yeah. And get, give it a shot. Because I'm curious. I mean, originally, because I got a staph infection too. So I, and I, I don't know how that happened. I assume it was probably from the lake, maybe. Yeah. You know, I do spend quite a bit of time down there and, you know, it happens. But I th- it was like underneath my, like right here, kind of. And I thought it was for the listeners that was like kind of under my armpit area on my side. Um, I thought it was like a pimple. So I popped it and it's been like there for like three weeks and I popped it and it'd come back. I'm like, man, I just popped this it. This meeting is being recorded. I didn't know it announced that. That's new. <laughs> no, that's fun. Okay. I just figured out I'd um, on both. Yeah, that's good. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I was going to say, oh, oh, I popped it a few times and it just like never went away. And then it started getting bad. Like started getting like, uh, you know, uh, bigger, I guess. So it was like infected and stuff. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to go to the doctor. Maybe it's just like something, you know, in there. And then like I was at work and just kind of dawned on me. I was like, I wonder if that's a staph infection. I've never had staph, but I was like, maybe. So I looked it up real quick on my phone. I was like, ah, it looks exactly like what it is. 
then I started getting kind of fevery and stuff. And I was like, man, what if I'm getting like sick? Cause this damn thing is like, you know, it's really bad. Then I went to the doctor. She looks at it and she, my heart rate was like 130 fever, 102. And she's like, Oh my gosh. She's like, you really, she's like, I'm so glad you came in. Cause this could have gotten really bad. I mean, they did like blood draws and all kinds of stuff. They did a, a blood culture thing. I should find out the results tomorrow to find out if there's bacteria in my blood. I mean, I'm sure yeah. I'm fine because um, I'm doing fine. Like, she was freaking out. Then they decided to do the COVID test. <clears throat> and uh, I wasn't even worried. I was like, okay, all right, whatever. And then, sure as shit, they called me Friday. Hey, you have COVID, by the way. I was like, oh, fuck. Nice. <clears throat> Not that I really cared. I just don't want to get other people sick. And just like with any illness, I don't... But like right now, you know, I was thinking about it. In a normal like life, this let's say this is just a virus or the flu. After yesterday today, I'd be out living my normal life again. Right. But because the world is burning down and people are freaking out, you know, oh no, you got to stay ten days inside your house. And I was like, what the fuck? Because you could still be spreading the virus. So now you're a, a <clears throat> mandatory vaccine mask guy, if I understand correct, right? Do what now? You're a mandatory mask and vaccine guy now if i understand correctly right oh yes of course i have to this is you know so how many shots do i need to get in order for you to feel safe right exactly actually i saw a really funny video some lady made it on like instagram but she was like playing two people she's like you gotta go get the vaccine and then the one lady's like well i don't want to you know why do i need to get the vaccine so you don't get covid She's like, but you can get the vaccine from if you, you know, you can get COVID even if you have the vaccine. Well, you need to get it so you don't hurt somebody else. She's like, well, do you have the vaccine? Yeah, I got the vaccine. So why do I need the vaccine? So you don't hurt somebody else. She goes, well, if you got the vaccine, you'll be fine, right? Well, yeah, but you need to get the vaccine to protect me. And it was just like, it was pretty funny. It's like, what the hell? I mean, this weird mindset of people are really, like, they're really like, you know, like, stuck to this vaccine thing i don't i don't get it like thing is you know i I'm, we've always said a thousand times we're pro-vax but like one this isn't a vaccine anyways like i guess the johnson and johnson would would be more like a vaccine but even then is the flu shot really a vaccine because you don't actually get vaccinated from the flu you know you might you might get it and you might you might be fine that year they even say like just because you get a flu shot doesn't mean you're not going to not get the flu yeah. Oh, and you, and well, okay, you might be lessened, you know, I don't know. It's like, like you know, smallpox, mumps, measles, all that stuff. Yeah. They, they, you get vaccinated from it, it's eradicated. You cannot get it again. Right. Well, this shit, like the flu, it just mutates. So it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just waiting to see what happens if this ends up being a, surely it would never get as bad here as like, the bullshit that's going on in Australia. But I don't know. You know, I don't, I, I hope not. I mean, I, I don't think so because, you know, Australia did fuck up when they got rid of their guns. Like what? Like the nineties or whatever. No, it was more recent than that. I think, I think the last like big gun grab was really just a few years ago. Cause it was even like really? shotguns and things like that. Wow. That's just, that doesn't, you know, people like they want to make fun of America and stuff, and oh, you guys just you just all you care about is your guns. It's like, well, that's not true, but it's very important to have those because sure, because otherwise none of the other same plane of the other things in the Bill of Rights you know? get to keep existing, right? I mean, if you can't right, right. prevent somebody from shutting the rest of it down, then what's the point? Yeah, I'd be interested. I know that some places like because the people are stupid and they're they think the same way but like like you know mass lockdowns and stuff again i think that this year it'll happen in places like california new york because you know they've already done some like you know masks and indoor dining so they're just right there but i think if any place like let's say kansas you know we got a we got a democrat governor and she tries doing some stuff. I don't think Kansas is going to care. There's like whatever. We're just going to do our live. We're going to live our lives and we're not going to listen to you. Hopefully. I mean Right. Well, be, even like before when they had mask mandates. Yeah. Me, me and you, we didn't wear masks. I know we never got arrested. Some places like you would get arrested and go to jail, which I don't understand because it's not a fucking law. Yeah. I guess so how you, are you? This state, you'd pretty much have to be in Kansas City or Lawrence. 
I guess. Yeah. You're thinking about it, Topeka maybe. Certain parts uh, even, of Wichita maybe. Yeah, even then, I don't think you still would have. Like they're not going to arrest you for a mask. They might harass you. They might kick you out of a place. But I still don't think that they would like arrest you for. But even like a, even I watched a video back in you know the 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 big part of this uh, early summer you know spring or whatever. There was this guy in Texas who walked into a gas station, no mask on. There was a cop in there, and the guy he didn't have his mask on. The cops like you need to have a mask in this county. You have to wear a mask. And the guy's like. Is it a law? He's like, it's a mandate. And he's like, it's not a law. He's like, I don't have to wear one. And the guy was, the cop was like, he made him. He like kicked the guy out of the gas station. And then he ended up arresting the guy. And he, they, he was because he was resisting something, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like provoked him in order to get the guy pissed off. Yeah. And then the cop. So, but it's like, the, obviously that's bad. You know, for a cop to even act like that, which, you know, thin blue line, man, they're on our side. They're, right. they're going to fight with us. Okay, sure they are. When they're enforcing things like a mask mandate. Yeah, but. They'll be the guy keeping you from going to the grocery store to get milk and bread. Oh, yeah, exactly. You don't have your papers. You can't come in. You know, like, and I don't, <laughs> there's so many people that they they just think this is normal. This, this, this is supposed to be like, oh, this is okay. Yeah, this is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with this. Right, what? right. Oh, I was texting you guys a little bit ago, and I watched this. Uh, it's it's a pretty good show on Netflix. It's uh, How to Become a Tyrant, and it basically goes through like all the major dictators, you know, Hitler, oh Mussolini, uh, Gandalfi, uh, Kim Jong Il, and uh, you know all of them, like over the last you know whatever hundred years, and uh, basically like there's like there's a playbook, you know, there's like you got to do this to become a dictator, and it's like wow. Some of that shit's happening here right now. You know, like we were talking the uh, whole Afghanistan thing and like how it's just absolutely fucking terrible. And it's like, could this like at this point, this is so bad. It's like you're doing it on purpose, you know? Yeah, I. uh, Afghanistan, that's an interesting one, because I think most people now, you know, are on the page of, oh, it's time to leave Afghanistan. But it seems like the manner in which we're exiting a place that we've been for so long, it just seems to be kind of batshit crazy, right? Like, how do you go Mm -hmm. from having the appearance of, of control or at least relative control to just absolutely nothing. And there's so much of it to me is, you know, it's been going on for so long now, you know, what a week or two weeks, they, they know the situation's bad, but they still haven't done anything to try to like, make it different like like even as far as like trying to fake it like they're trying to do they haven't even done that and then when you see stories like i saw one today that uh the taliban even offered to like hey you guys can have the whole city and they're like no 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 no. we just want the airport right like like it's like god you guys just made incompetent decision after incompetent decision right i mean first they leave the what is it uh bagram right the actual air force base that's there just overnight just nope see ya it's like maybe that would have been the place to tell people to go, right? Huh. It's just I I don't know. It's just nuts. You know that's yeah. It's and and then they gave the Taliban a list of the American people and, and our allies that were still there. Oh, that's like, that's that's mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. That tells me, and I, I I get some of this because you know the the plan after so many years in Afghanistan at some point was to, well, we're never really going to get rid of the Taliban, so we need to kind of try to mold them into what we want, right? So part of uh-huh. the exit plan was always, I think, for the Taliban to be somewhat on our team. And so this tells me that the administration still really clings to that idea, but it just seems so mind-numbingly inept because it's basically a list of like, okay, guys, after the last American's gone, this is who we got to go kill. You know, it, it's, right. just, it's yeah. just like, are you serious? And then even this whole, <laughs> you know, the Taliban says, hey, you guys got to be gone by August 31st. Now, I don't know exactly what's going on. I'll be the first to admit that. Like, you know, I mean, all of us to an extent, who really knows, right? How much of it uh-huh. is spin, how much of it's actually happening. But to me, that is one thing. And I think I've seen a, a Dan Crenshaw tweet about it, that if there's still presumably Americans or or people that, that need out of Afghanistan because they worked with us or, or whatever, then if the Taliban's demanding you leave by August 31st, your response should be, no, fuck you. 
and if you do anything about it, we're going to kill you, right? But it's not that. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, 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 we'll, we'll be gone. We'll be gone. We'll be gone sooner. But then, you know, you see today, I think uh, uh, one of the gates to the airport has just been closed, and they're not letting people in anymore, even, even if they're, you know, mm-hmm. Americans or people that have, you know, the right ability to get through and stuff. And, you know, that's another one I think Crenshaw responded on. It, it's just insane. You know, what the hell is actually going on in Afghanistan and and why? Well, and like you said, there's there's a lot of stuff we don't know because, I mean, we just we just won't. Um, but it from the way it's looking, it looks real bad. And I guess so everybody is aware. Me and Wade are not like pro-war. We've been talking about leaving you know getting out of afghanistan for a long time now afghanistan i like it yeah (laughs) but they could have done a better job on exiting you know and i actually i was on the interwebs again and i someone said something and i commented and was like you know well you know it's you know joe biden and his, his administration they're the ones who got us into this mess as far as like exiting like and then someone's like, we should never have negotiated with these terrorist Taliban and blah, blah, blah. And that's Donald Trump's fault. And I was like, that's that war machine mentality that, yeah. you know, you know, I don't get it. Like these people are like, it's like they're fine saying we need to be over there helping out these people because, you know, they deserve better and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I get where you're coming from in the sense that there are a lot of fucked up things that are going to happen over there. But at the same time, how many American lives is it worth? How many have we lost so far in the last 20 years? Is it worth more to stay over there? Cause that's what these people are getting at is right. they don't think we should be leaving. And you know, this is Donald Trump's fault because he made this agreement. And he said, we were already going to leave. So Joe Biden just has to, of course, follow it. It's like, well, he is his own man. And if he wanted to change, you know, what happens, he is more than, you know, a grown up to go do that. So they're just, they're putting the blame on somebody else like they always do because their team looks bad right now. But in the end, it's like they think we should still be over there. And you got Democrats and Republicans that are both like this. And it's like I, that I don't get like, no, but it's that war machine mentality that, you know, well, we have to make a humanitarian effort because that will. Well, that looks good. You know, we, that's why we need people over there. We've got to protect these people, but they don't turn the humanitarian thing around and say, well, how many American lives are are, are being lost because they, right. you know, they're not going to fix it. It's not going to happen. It, it sucks. It is what it is. And people like, I was talking to a guy at work about it. He was like, so what are we supposed to? I was like, nothing. I said, that's it. The answer is nothing. We just leave. And he's, I mean, not leave like we are leaving, but, you know, leave. And he's like, wow, man, really? That's it? And I said, yes. You can't change those people's minds. You know, he, he brought up uh, Germany and Japan and World War II. I was like, all right. And he's like, you know, he goes, we still got bases over there and blah, 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 blah. And now they're our biggest allies. And I said, okay, all right. And, you know, how we fought them in the war. I said, you know what happened that they, you know, why we're not fighting with them still? I said, they chose, they changed yeah. their minds. They wanted to become a Western civilization. You yeah. Know? They were industrialized societies with yeah. common cultural goals that recognized themselves as a unit. And mm-hmm. so when the chance came to move forward, they all moved forward. Afghanistan is not that any way, shape, or form. Even my limited knowledge of the place is like, no. I mean, people, not to give anarchy a totally bad name, but Afghanistan is anarchy. This mm-hmm. tribe and this tribe and this tribe. Hell, I remember, well, shoot, probably over 10 years ago now that, uh, uh, well, I can't remember the name, but there was a, they were given an example of the problems they're up against in Afghanistan. And one of the things this guy did, I think he might have been a Marine or something, is they'd even just show people a map and the outline of the country of Afghanistan, where it is in the Middle East. People had no idea what they were looking at. Because they don't really even, not all of them, don't even think in terms of, like, country, national government, nationality. This is Uh who has an effect on me and whatever, because it's just not not how it works over there. And so they're trying to do something that that society is not and probably will never be primed to do. I mean, it's just... just, yeah. How long have they been fighting with each other? You know, you and know. presidents have been telling us we're going to leave <laughs> Afghanistan since Obama first got elected, right? And then in 2014, yeah. 2012, whatever, that was even something uh, Mitt Romney, you know, is in the news that, you know, his presidential campaign, by golly, we're going to get out of Afghanistan. And everybody's been wanting to leave for a long time. And it was never going to look perfect because it was never going to be a war we were going to, you know, win in the sense that, you know, World War II had a somewhat uh-huh. of a resolution. And, uh, 
You know, again, it's another thing falls into stuff we'll never know because we just won't. But from what I gather, the last few years of Trump, they had an exit plan in place. And from what we can see, they at least on paper had a plan to get people out of all these different areas by a certain date. Well, that date was actually supposed to be earlier this year. In May, I think. Yeah. So when Biden comes in, what's the first thing they do, right? They throw those plans out. We know that now. You can look at that. Whatever Whatever the previous plan was, they crumbled it up and threw it in the trash. And then they moved the date to, I think, September 11th, right? Because Biden can't come in and just leave Afghanistan with the previous plan because then it just looks like he's carrying out Trump's plan and that's not really a win for him. He needs to put his stamp on it. So they say, no, we're not going to leave in May. We're going to leave in September 11th, right? To, to draw that, you know, emotion back up or whatever. And uh, yeah, sounds like it's just been a giant cluster. I mean, hell, they had uh-huh. more Americans died in that airport bombing than have been killed in Several years in Afghanistan. I guess, yeah, it, yeah, it's been a while. I just, you know, I, th- it, I don't know what we don't know what Trump's plan was to exit. I'm going to assume it was probably somewhat more strategic than what's been happening. But I guess if they uh, they didn't want to follow his plan, boy, they just didn't come up with a plan at all, right? They just were all right. This date, we're just going to start pulling people out. Like ah. they, like you said, they should have went to the the, the Bagram Air Base. That's where everyone should have went, you know, because I mean, one, it's 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 guarded, you know, I mean, and it probably has fences and stuff around it. You know, it's a fucking base. You know, why? Why choose an airport? Does the base not have a fucking airstrip? You know, I mean, I'm sure it does. I just don't. One of the best things I can figure is uh, if you've ever watched that documentary, this is what winning looks like. It was, uh, you know, back before Vice News sucked and did like actual good human interest stories. It's called This Is mm-hmm. What Winning Looked Like. And there's, I don't remember how many parts of the documentary, but it follows around this, you know, platoon of Marines or whatever that is responsible for training the Afghan security forces. And it's pretty unfiltered. Like, I'd, I'd be kind of curious to know what happened to the officer of that Marine group because he says a lot of stuff that, like, the things we're seeing guys get in trouble now, like, holy shit, he was saying this shit 10 years ago. And I remember one scene in that documentary, there's, like, the, uh, you know, politicians from NATO and the UN and whatever are coming in and but they come into like this secure area and they only meet with like certain people in a certain place for a certain amount of time and the guys all know that everybody they're talking to yeah that guy's a liar that guy's a piece of shit they're not coming out here to see like what's actually going on they're not talking to to anybody who actually knows what's going on they're just coming in here hearing what they want to hear taking a picture and then they're out of here right Uh and so yeah i can only assume that that's the norm And given that I think in the last few years in particular, we have seen the completely disconnected arrogance of our sort of ruling elite class that maybe people like Biden or whoever are just so off in their own world that when they think, oh, you know, we did a thing, therefore it's going to be good. Maybe they really are surprised when these things go bad just because the la-la land that they live in is just completely disconnected from the reality of day-to-day Americans, which I think is the part of the Trump thing, to be honest, you know, the kind of breaking down that wall of, you know, polite society versus reality. And I wonder if that political elite is so off in this sort of imaginary view of the world that they have that they can't even think about these things that are happening because it just doesn't cross their mind that anything could possibly go against what they thought about five years ago. Right. I think I know a video you're talking about. If it's the same one, they were actually also in the video uh, training some Afghan soldiers. Yeah. And if it's the same video. And I remember they were trying to teach the guys how to do jumping jacks. Oh, it was, and the, it was a joke. Yep. Yep. <laughs> full, full, full grown adults yep. now. We're talking there, like there's also adults a... teaching adults. And these guys could not. Yep. And, and the, one of the guys training the video, he's like, this is never going to work. Yeah. He's like, these people, and he just kind of went in of how they think and stuff. And it was a real quick interview, like deal, but it was just like, holy shit. So it's just an example of we've been training these people for 20 years and it's like, they're not trainable. I mean, no, it's just, not. it is what it is. Yeah. There's, there's uh, scenes in that documentary. It's called, this is what winning looks like. And I'm, I, it might not be on YouTube anymore. I don't know, but it was vice news mm-hmm. who did it back when the, you know, vice didn't suck. Uh, yeah, but, but no, yeah. there's, there's scenes in it where he, the Marine guy like walks around the corner 
And, you know, the guys that are supposed to be on guard duty because they've got, like, weapons depots and stuff are, like, just sitting down smoking weed and, you know, yeah. paying, paying, like, 12-year-olds to run around or, like, they'd get weapons and ammo and, you know, the next day a bunch of shit would be missing and two of the guys would be gone and then they'd turn back up, you know, six weeks later looking for a paycheck. Uh, there's another scene in there, too, where they are walking with some, you know, Afghan army or whatever, and the Afghanis just start, like, shooting at shit, and all the Marines are standing in the back just, like, we have no idea what's going on. Like, I don't know why anybody's doing this, and we, they won't listen uh-huh. when we say to stop shooting and just, you know, fuck it. And then there's another one I remember, too, where uh, they're at this base, and there's, like, 20 trucks that are all just wrecked, right? Like, just blown to smithereens, but they're all still parked there. And, you know, it's funny because it's, it's kind of like, you know, what happens at, you know, manufacturing. Rather than, like, all these things getting decommissioned, they sit them in a corner because they still get, like, some kind of gas stipend or something, right? They get so much money a month to maintain each truck. And so they never get rid of the trucks, and nobody ever inspects to see whether the trucks are actually usable. They just line up all these junkyard trucks and then collect paychecks for, you know, gas and maintenance. You know, it's just, where's that money going? Right. right. And everybody yeah. who's there knows it, that this is complete bullshit, but there's never any follow-up. And the people that are there that could say something aren't allowed to say something because it's ultimately going to make some officer or some politician look really bad and look really stupid. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I forget his name, but recently on uh, Twitter and Facebook that, uh, I think it was like a lieutenant colonel, you know, came out with, uh, you know, this situation's all messed up, you know, the people above us, you know, really failed, and yada, yada, yada. Well, he's getting booted out of the military, right? And, you know, that's kind of the sad thing, is that that was one of the questions early on, is if all these terrible things are happening, where was all the 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 brass and the, you know, lower star generals trying to push back against the higher star people, and where where was the debates, where was the personalities, you know, that were trying to prevent this stuff? You never hear any of that. And as much as people will tell you, oh, well, that's, you know, chain of command, you know, blah, 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 blah. Dude, all the most famous military leaders in history are not known for their ability to, like, stay in line and follow directions. None right. of them. And we, ha- we don't have any of those guys anymore. There's no, there's no like, Patton who just says, fuck you, I'm doing it, right? And, you know, as terrible as those guys could be, look at how terrible situations can become when nobody's willing to step out of line. Everybody's just towing that line, hoping to ride the the politics to the top, right? And it, it seems, even for me as an outsider looking in, that it's it's not really about winning anymore. It's not really about having a, a combat force anymore. It's it's mostly a jobs program and then a way to ride a political ladder like any other corporate company in the world, right? Yeah, you're 100% how, how, right. How many BJs do you got to get to to reach the VP level, right? And then how many elbows yeah. with the, you know, quote-unquote CEOs of the military can you bump elbows with so you get a nice cushy spot when you're out and it's more about that than it is about doing a thing you know well and that all that all makes sense because like just the wokeness of the military now you know i mean it's it's yeah it's it's, it's, more more right it's just it's definitely not social engineering yeah yeah well you know you brought that guy whatever that lieutenant colonel's name was uh i can't remember either but there was another video of that girl she was a I think she was in the army and she was a staff sergeant. Yeah. Um, and she was basically talking about what happens if we ever go into martial law over here. She says something about you, if you know, you guys and your guns and like, good luck basically because right. we're the military. And you know, if we, if we tell you to go inside your house and you're standing outside your house, I point my gun at you. And she even like points her finger at the, at the camera and she goes, you're, you become the enemy and stuff. And it's like, wow. Right. I mean, that's, uh, it, that's something that you, that if you have that attitude, you should not be in the military at all. Yeah. And you know, one thing I'll point out about the video of that gal that went around was in the full context of the thing she said, she wasn't necessarily wrong about anything. No, she wasn't. It's just the way that she said it, because that's, again, the bridge we're talking about. So back to you, you made an earlier comment about, like, the thin blue liners, right? And we were talking about, like, Australia and the COVID stuff. Well, and so what you see in Australia, and then there's a video in particular in France that I can think of, people are protesting these vaccine passports and a bunch of them are trying to get into a grocery store. Well, guess who's keeping people from getting into the grocery store? It's the police, Yeah. right? Yeah. So at what point can you not claim that I'm just doing my job and, and still be, you know, 
how, how do you account for morality if everybody's just doing the rules, right? And so let's say in this hypothetical martial law situation, even though the reasoning for the martial law is widely perceived as immoral and corrupt, if that soldier is still willing to point a gun at somebody because they won't go back in their house, that makes them a terrible person for following up on something that they know is wrong. And that was kind of the attitude of this lady is that like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm on a power trip. I'm going to point the gun at you and you're the enemy. Fuck you. Yeah. And it's like, whew, wow, that's a lot to unpack. And then the other one that I would point out is that to go back to that hypothetical situation is that I think the one thing that gets kind of, I mean, I don't know, is, I mean, we lost to a bunch of farmers in Vietnam and now we lost to some goat herders in, in, in Afghanistan. And, and it's not to, like, shit on, like, soldiers or the army or something like that. It's like we're built to fight other organized armies. We're not built to fight ideas and societies and cultures, right? And that's what we were up against in those two conflicts. Because even in, like, Vietnam, any time we met the Vietnamese army head-on, it's pretty much a steamroll. I mean, we didn't really outwardly lose a whole lot of those actual face-to-face battles like you know one thing i always remember uh well i'll just skip it because i might butcher it i don't want to butcher it but my point is guns are an equalizer right so unless you're actually going to pull a joe biden and start bombing people's houses with f-15s and nukes (laughs) i don't care if you're the most badass navy seal that ever lived if somebody pops you from the side and you're not ready for it that's it it doesn't matter. And so that whole pretext of just, it's going to be an open bloodbath, like in the hypothetical martial law thing. I mean, I mean, it would be a bloodbath, but it's not necessarily going to be the way everybody thinks where, you know, the Marines just go marching down the street and everybody's hopeless. I mean, sure, the Marines might wipe out the whole neighborhood, but there'll be a cost. And then what's the look of that cost to the next neighborhood? You know, and then it, I don't know, just... Bad situations. Well, so anybody who boasts openly about that and like you know how the power structure is going to shake out to me is just is kind of disgusting. Well, and how many more? I mean, just sheer numbers. They're, at a point, numbers do matter. How many? You know, the military is not that. I mean, it's big, but it's not that big. No, they couldn't you know, enforce it, especially the compared country. to other countries. But yeah. like, just take like just gun owners in the United States that aren't the military, that aren't cops. You know, it, it's st- we still outnumber. I'd be you know, curious to co- see the population of Afghanistan versus the population of New York City. Because mm-hmm. I'm betting yeah. New York City's got more people. And that's one freaking place in a yes. huge country with a lot of pissed off people. Yeah. It's just creepy that people are like that. I mean, that's exactly what like a dictator would want. Well, they the want Nuremberg trials, right? The, the Nazis, right? I was, just, I was just following orders. I was just following orders. So, so mm-hmm. even if the people don't like what they're doing, if they still do it, then the dictator wins. Yeah, and it's funny because you you hear a lot of this, uh, you know, because now people like us will be labeled domestic terrorists because, you know, we voted for Trump or because we are against vaccines or we just believe in the freedom to choose, I guess I should say. Um, But uh, I fucking just drew a blank. I forgot what I was going to fucking say. Got that COVID brain frog. (laughs) That may be. Brain fog. (laughs) I don't I forgot. I just fucking totally lost what I was going to say. Oh, I know what it was. So you always hear, you know, because when I was I was in the military, when you, you know, when you raise your hand for the oath, you know, you will fight enemies foreign and domestic. And you hear that all over the place. But also what you we, which when we took the oath is, you know, we will not follow unlawful orders, but you never hear that. Right. You know, you hear, you hear these people like her, that, that lady, she, you know, she said, you know. She said in that clip, you know, we, we, we took the oath to fight enemies foreign and domestic. It's like, well, guess what? If, if, if we have to enact martial law in this country for whatever fucking reason, like, you know, pointing your gun at civilians, that's not okay. So first of all, why we ever would have to enact martial law in here, unless it's going to be just straight up dictators. I mean, across the whole, because even like when it happened during Katrina, that was, there was a lot of shit that went, that went on that should not have gone on. Yeah. Because a lot of people were like, ooh, I got this new, this new power, you know? Who hell yeah. Taking guns from people that didn't, they, I mean, they just did because they wanted to. You know? It's, you just never hear it. it it's a very, you know, you don't have to follow those orders. If, yeah, if, you're, if, and, if, it, if it has you pointing your guns and shooting civilians of your own country. Yes. Enemies foreign and domestic. Who defines domestic? 
right? So, so how yeah. much of a free thinker are you? You know, at that point, it's just, it's drone mentality. And so, you know, today it's straight white conservative males, right? Domestic mm-hmm. terror, number one. And uh, it just blows my mind. But hell, go back 50 years, it was black males, right? That, that's, you know, uh, hippies, Vietnam era, right? The shooting at Kent State or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not good. But that's what the that's what they're looking for, man. That's what the deep state they want people just like her that are just going to blindly, okay, whatever you say, boss. You know, yep. and my big fear there would be that like all this kind of COVID nonsense that's running rampant, you know, and all these little petty dictators that you know live next door to us or that you see at the store or church or work or wherever it is, uh, they're they're okay with that, right? And and all this stuff, you know, hypothetically getting carried out, and. I don't know, man. I think this is the slippiest. This is the slipperiest slope in more than a single generation, in my uh-huh. opinion. I mean, the only thing we haven't had is a draft for some kind of other conflict. Which, I mean, who knows? All this China shit going on. Maybe that's right around the corner. But uh, maybe. Yeah, it's weird. The the little the assholes the assholes that are like out there, you know. Put your mask on. You got to wear a mask. It's like, for some reason, COVID has given all these people a voice, you know? Yeah. The ones that are, they're, they're true assholes at heart. The ones that are true dictators at heart. The ones that are true, just sociopaths at heart. All these people that were kind of kept quiet over the years, because if they would have said something, they would have been, you know, society is like, damn, you're a dick. You need to shut the fuck up. Yeah. So, so but, society dangled them a moral high ground. Oh yeah, and, and so they'd, they'd they have never have no said problem. anything before, but now that they can feel like they're championing something, and it's something mm-hmm. that requires no effort on their part. Like they don't actually have to take any kind of meaningfully stand. The power structure is not going to push back against them, so it's like a golden ticket to go be a dick, go exert your mm-hmm. authority about you know this, that, or the other. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. The other day, I went to go pick up some uh, some uh, homework from school because my daughter had been mm-hmm. sick for the last few days and I went up there and there wasn't like a negative interaction or anything like that, but it's like, I'm coming up to the school and then somebody's like, Oh my gosh, oh, stop right there. You know, yada, yada, yada. I can't come in here cause the, the Rona and shit. And, uh, Oh, go stand over here, you know, in the grass and you know, somebody else will go get, it was just, it was over the top. It was like, okay, come on. We all live in the same town. This is the only place that's like this. And the wow. people that are here are the least vulnerable people on the face of the planet. Like it, it's yeah. just, it's like, Oh my God. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll be nice and go along because I just want to get my freaking yeah. homework and get out of here. But it's just nuts. Well, you know, I told since I have the that I have the Rona. Um, since my son is obviously a close contact, he has to stay out of school for twenty days. Yeah, that's crazy. Twenty days. So, you know, hold on. <clears throat> per the CDC guidelines, you know, symptom free in ten days or whatever. But for some reason, the people that are the most statistically going to be okay from all this have to has to stay out twice. I know, and I don't know if that's I don't know if that's all schools. Maybe it's just the town that I live in. But when my wife told me that, I was like, "What?" So he can go get tested in seventeen days, and if it comes back negative, then he can go back to school three days earlier. You know, it, so he, could, he could. It's classic though, because it's always the women and the children. And so even though the jury's out and everybody knows like it's not a big deal, the power structure is still clinging to that children thing. So one of the big stories uh-huh. you see in the news is the mask mandates in schools. And, you know, when can we get more kids vaccinated and stuff like that? Um, that's all still like a major talking point, even though like all the data that's out there for anybody who bothers to hear any kind of challenge to the mainstream opinion can find easily. There must still be a bunch of people who just refuse to do that. They're just like, oh, my God. And just they just believe they just believe whatever's yeah. put out in front of them though. I remember. Uh, I mean, a couple weeks ago, uh, we went to Dylan's to the pharmacy to pick some stuff up, and there was a lady in front of us with her two boys, and one of them looked high school age, one of them was middle school age, maybe. wouldn't didn't look quite high school age, and you know they were both getting their second round of the vaccination or whatever. And you know I don't hate on people for their choices, so yeah, more power to you if that's what you really want to do. But I just was thinking, man, if this was my kids my two boys are like wow wow lady i mean you've seen all this myocarditis stuff and you've seen that like there are literally no severe cases among kids like they don't exist zero and you're still zero doing kids this thing like, have like died. it just it 
it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, I can't even imagine it. But you know, in her mind, it's like, wow, I'm such a caring mother looking after her for my kids. I'm so worried about the pandemic. Like I can empathize with like the emotional state there, but it's like, we've gone so off the rails into this looking at the world through, you know, pink colored glasses or whatever that, oh, I don't even know where to start when it comes to, to reining people in, you know? Well, uh, and that's what I said. Zero, zero kids, like stati- like zero have died that are, unless they had a, uh, um, another comorbidity, like a significant a children, comorbidity, zero. Yeah. And, and I don't get how people are still freaking out. Like, well, you know, in our age group and, and, you know, there's people that are going to shit on this and would think it's crazy and stuff like that. But do you remember the chicken pox thing? Uh-huh. It was like just something you got and you got over. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. like, where has that attitude gone? You yeah. know, because that was always, you know, so it's funny because when we had our daughter, uh, you know, and little kids are gross, they're always sticking things in their mouth and being dirty and all this stuff. And there's a mm-hmm. part of it that's like, well, T cells, man, that's, that's how you, that's part of how you build your immune system. You get exposed to things. And so there's a, there's some kind of value in sort of the grossness of little tiny kids because that's when their body's learning the most. This is when they should be getting Now, it doesn't mean you intentionally like, you know, I'm not going to send my daughter to go hang out in a room with you for t- 10 minutes just so she can get Rona. Nobody right. is saying that. But it's like, good grief, live your life, you know? That's the thing is I think people, the, the fear, maybe the, I don't know if it's the fear of dying or what, but people have just like, they've become so scared. I think just, it's a it's a combination of fear and there's something else at work which I I would just maybe the desire to be a good citizen or to be like look at me I did the good thing I'm the goody two shoes mm-hmm. and so you're just going to do whatever you're told because those are the rules and we have to follow the rules and nobody ever questions the rules and and so that kind of hardcore sheep person which and they would never describe themselves as a sheep and a lot of them are probably great people to hang out with but Uh that's a thing, right? There's people who just, like, I can think of people in my immediate family that that the mask thing was, they disagreed with it. They had all the same opinions we would have in a one-on-one conversation, but they would still do it at Walmart. And it wasn't out of, like, respect for, like, Walmart's saying. It was the fear of being heckled at the Uh front by the senior citizen or the 16-year-old saying, sir, you need a mask, or sir, you want a mask? Like, just that. Like, oh, my gosh. I don't want to. Oh. Yeah. It's just like, oh, good grief. You know what I mean? Well, you, like, you, like, if that's the thing that's going to trip you up, then you're a lost cause, in all honesty. If this really gets bad, can't depend on you. Like, if you'll fold oh, on this, then you're going to fold mm-hmm. on the other thing for sure. Oh, yeah. I went into... Uh, UPS here just a couple weeks ago and I had to drop some stuff off and these two old ladies and they were, they were very old, but I just walk in, no mask. One of the ladies, like they had some masks on the counter. She turns around and goes, sir, do you need a mask? And I was like, no, I don't need one. No, thank you. I was like, no, thank you. And then uh, she's like, I said something under her breath and the lady behind her was like, everybody needs to be wearing masks. If they'd all just wear masks, we'd be okay. And, and then all them people from Texas and Oklahoma that keep coming up here and making it worse for us. I just just, just wanted to laugh. <laughs> like, Brutal <what> ignorance. <laughs> Brutal ignorance. You know, I could understand some of this stuff when the when when all this stuff very first happened. When everybody first found out about it, it was like, wow, you know, this has been the rumor for a long time that we're overdue for a big scary pandemic that kills millions and millions of people really quickly. And so it was like, man, this is it, right? And then uh, within a couple months, it very clearly wasn't that. And here we are more than a year later. And it's a minority of people now, I think. I don't think there's very many of those diehards out there. Um, But they still exist, and it just blows my mind. But it it doesn't take very many people to make their voice heard, though. You know, it takes a small percentage to sway, you know, the the rest of everybody else. You know, and that's kind of... I don't know if, like, as much as I'm against the whole like vaccine passport thing and things like that. There's a part of me that wonders maybe that would be the best thing to happen. And it's not because I'm, you know, super pro vaccine passport. It's quite the opposite. It's that maybe people need to be faced with this crap to finally like shake the crap out of them 
for one final time to get them to just mm-hmm. wake the F up about doing something. I don't know what that something is, but like people need to be confronted with, hey, these things matter. These decisions matter. These behaviors matter. Going along matters one way or the other. So what are you actually going to do and what are you willing to tolerate? And if, unless people are confronted with those con- those those situations, they're not going to make those decisions. You know, I I get where you're coming from. I also think that if they do that a lot, the, the majority of people are like, okay, I guess I'll do that, it now. That's my big you know, fear is, you know, like, like, look how easily everybody put the mask on. You could uh, also say, look how easily they took it off because, you know, technically still, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're supposed to still be wearing it. But obviously nobody gives a shit. And I know, I can't, yeah. dude, we're in Kansas. Not that many people got that thing. I mean, even their own state statistics, it's like right under 50% or right at 50%. And you do not see one in two people wearing a mask. And then the, uh, yeah, that's the big one is, you know, once it becomes something like your paycheck or your ability to buy milk, you know, there's going to be a lot more people that fold. Mm-hmm. You know, I even know some of them, this kind of the same kind of people that I mentioned earlier already. Well, you know, they can make your kids get shots before they go to school. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not anti-vaccine. I didn't not do that when, you know, my child was born or was growing up. But I mean, you know, if you don't want to do that, you just like literally write a piece of paper saying, hey, I'm such and such as parent and this is against my personal beliefs or whatever the end. And that's all there is to it. So it's not like that's even something that like is hard to stand up against. And then I think the thing that I wonder is it's not really even about the vaccine. It's not really even about health and safety. It's about control because if they can make you do something, right, it's behavior. If they can mandate a certain behavior in order to access certain parts of society, what does that behavior look like in 10, 20 years? What's, what's going to be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing you're, this is the, this is the baby step into the Chinese social credit score, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Who knows, though? I think it'll... I don't know. It'll be interesting to come down and see if they try to make it a federal deal. I think that's the only way they're ever going to try to... Because you got enough states that are going to say, like, if they leave it up to states, states are going to say, well, you know, fuck off. You got places like Florida, I think Montana, they already said, no, no way in the hell. Um, if you, if they, and if they try to make it a federal law, I don't know. A lot of states are going to say no, anyways. But <clears throat> also, sometimes when you make stuff a federal law, it feels like, well, the big, the big guy in control said it. So we have to do it no matter what. Sorry. We, you know, even though we're a state, we don't, we don't have any individual rights. So we just got to listen to them. Yeah. So you'll, you'll probably still get something to do it. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm kind of, Kind of on the same page you are, though, like almost like just just let's do it and get it over with. And that way people can be like, you know, we can be like, we fucking told you so. Yeah. You know, um, and then people can actually be really faced with that adversity and say, you know, oh, I got to go do something. I didn't really want to go do to go buy food, you know, go to go get right. gas to do whatever. Right. Because it, con- it confronts you with that. Well, I know that I'm not a bad person and I know that I'm not sick. So you don't trust me to the point that, like, I can't go get bread for my family. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a big deal. I, uh, I don't know. It's just, she's making, and I these. can't, I can't wait till it's also, well, you haven't had your 78th round of the booster. Yeah. When does it end? Right. So, like we're already talking so about sorry, number three. You can't come in here till you go get the ne- the next jab, you know? Yeah. Cause there are already places. I forget what it was. Maybe it was like New York or something. They're already talking about like, well, if you haven't had the third shot, then no, you can't. Yeah. Like that you can't. Go do this. And it's like, what? Like, holy yeah. crap. Like <laughs> September 13th, I think, is when the vaccine passport takes effect in New York City. And then in uh, parts of Oregon, I think, is the same way. And then the state of California is looking to go the same way. That's and, nuts. Uh, you know, you see that <clears throat> happening here in the, in the more reliably blue states. You know, they're definitely going to be hesitant to do it in the red states. And I think that's why we're seeing such a push for corporations to be the ones to mandate it, right? Because it's like a little uh-huh. legal loophole where... Even kind of the establishment libertarians like Reason Magazine will be like, well, it's a private company. They can do whatever they want. And it's like, oh, so it's okay for like this big group to shit all over my rights as long as they're not elected representatives, right? It, it's yeah. like, this is just insane. This is a mockery of the Constitution and the intention of the Bill of Rights. You know, those those libertarians like, well, it's a private company. Is it though? Is it how many people in these big ass giant corporations 
are tied with these elected you know, elected officials or they or they're paying these elected officials or, you know, I mean, they're they're all like in the same right. group. So at that point anymore, is it really a private company? I mean, no, then we could make you could make the argument that they're actually a public company because they're publicly traded. But it's just like that. That's not a private company when they're all buddies with each other and they're you know yeah. they're paying each other off the ones that are in congress like get the fuck out of here especially when it's not this like cutesy early 1900s you know andrew carnegie cup you know big company where it's like oh well the big company really just means this one guy because now it's like this faceless you know board right these people that you don't mm-hmm. know you don't know their names you never see them you don't know who they are everybody's got a ceo but he's really just like one of 20 so there's yeah. no face behind the decisions and so it's easier for them to make these retarded decisions because there's no one person who has to has to be the one to, to enforce it or stick by it. And it's the most cowardly thing ever. And for anybody in like libertarian world to be defending that is just insane. You know, I mean, what if uh, I don't know? I don't even I don't even I don't, I don't, I don't even want to think about it because to me it's just not blows, libertarians. No, they're like, just they're douchebags. Really, they're just douchebags. Yeah, cannon fodder. Yeah. And not to mention too, like those board, that board, they're they're on multiple companies. Like, yeah, they all trade know, th- places. This, yeah, you, this, this guy's the CEO of this company for a few years. Then he's going to go over here and be on the board of this company for a few years. Then he'll be CEO somewhere else for a few years. Then he might step down and take a VP role somewhere else before he gets back on the board at another company. It just, yeah, it's a big circle jerk. He'll he'll probably have a little stint in Congress somehow. You know. Yeah. I mean. Some secretary of, you know, education or something, something like that. Speaking of that, I was, I wanted to bring that up. Um, oh, I sent it to you guys earlier. There's that, that ex secretary of education uh, when Obama was in office, uh, Arn, Arn Duncan. And he says, Have you noticed how strikingly similar both the mindsets and actions are between the suicide bombers at Cabal's airport and the anti mask and anti vax people here? They both blow themselves up, inflict harm around on those around them, and are convinced they are fighting for freedom. Yeah. So, isn't that kind of like the like communism like rule to, you know, dehumanize your enemies and you know make them something like? Yeah, yeah. People, it, people it, like it's, us. It's, and that way, you know, we're, we're you just that. we're just terrorists, and we're not human. So yeah. when they do dispose of us, they don't feel bad. Yeah, the genocide is okay. Yeah, because these people are less than human, or they don't deserve it, or they're animals, or they're just outright evil. Yeah, that's absolutely what's going on in our society. It's it's nuts. Then then this guy, you know, because he held some position, people follow him, and they think that he's knows what the hell he's talking about. And it's like, no, you know, right? <clears throat> we'll see, man. Well, have you watched any football yet? I had a little bit actually. Um, just uh, one, well, like one quarter of a Chiefs game, I think. I don't yeah. even remember who they're playing now. And then other than that, I've just watched a little bit of snippets here and there. I don't usually pay attention to a whole lot of preseason because yeah, I'll the be start. You know, completely honest. Like last year, uh, really kind of took the wind out of the sails of football mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I I still watched games when I could, and then I you know obviously watched the Super Bowl when they went. But uh, that last year was the first year that I have not been able to go to a Chiefs game since at least since Andy Reid has been a coach of the Chiefs. And it really kind of took the sales out of it for me because there were years uh-huh. where, man, I'd, I'd get to, we'd get to go to you know one or two games and, oh, yeah, this was a lot of fun, you know, tailgating or whatever. And I'd be real into it, and it was kind of a highlight of, like, my weekend. Like, yeah, we're going to get together and have a barbecue and just hang out and have a good time and, you know – have the football game on and uh yeah. last year it just kind of killed it you know and and it wasn't just the not being able to go to a game and like look forward to that i think the kind of you know they had the tv commercials the whole anthem crap the you know no fans kind of yep. crap and it just has been killing me and then this summer like they didn't let up on any of that there was even the whole like you know football is gay commercials and things like that and it just it's not that i'm trying to like if these people want to no, do what I, they want to do, it. go for it. But to me, it's like, man, this was like the last great masculine escape to just go watch some guys at like the peak of physical fitness perform at a high level and just be like, wow, that's, you know, amazing or fun or entertaining or whatever. And now they're, they're blasting in all this crap. That's like, Oh my gosh. It, it's like when you have to, 
you know how you know how like the movie theaters here in town were like when they were new and they were nice and it was you just saw like a couple trailers to some new movies then you had the movie and then now if you if you've been to a movie recently to the you know the the Warrens now that Regal owns them or whatever it's mm-hmm. like the first 15 minutes is like fucking TV commercials and shit and it it just yes. it really kind of cheapens it and it makes it feel corny and it's like what the hell this is not like you know, because when it was the war and they it, they tried to be like real high class and it was it, it was nice, right? It was a nice experience. And now it's like, I don't know, maybe those aren't the greatest comparison, but it's it's I kind of it. that, you know. Yeah, like, I just a, I remember well, you know like, once you go woke, you go broke. Yeah, and I think eventually enough people are gonna be like, you know, what I'm done. I mean, I actually know people they would just record the game last year and then they would just dvr it and just you know fast forward through every commercial and every every stupid thing and i was like man that's not a bad idea because right. like when i when we go watch football i just want to watch football i don't care about the stupid commercials i mean in in the history of guys watching football they don't want to watch commercials anyways right you know let alone woke ass commercials i mean it's like and I don't know. I, I I get where you're coming from. I'm so sick and tired of it too. I think um, that's a big one with the NFL that they haven't really realized yet is is they're really trying to expand their audience by making these different appeals and things, which I get, but they're doing it at the expense of like the audience that they have, and that, that's one of the things that's always blown my mind. And like even like the Libertarian Party has been bad about that for more than a decade, right? Like there's a certain group of people that really has a lot in common with them, but but they just will do everything in their power to shit on those people and try to make these appeal to like these far left guys You're like oh yeah we're okay with you know yada 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 issue nobody cares about but it's like dude those guys are never going to be on your team and you're actively shitting on all the people who could be on your team it just mm-hmm. i don't know well like they did with the whole entire election last you know yeah year yep. or whatever yep i mean they want to i i don't get that mindset either they want to appeal to liberals and stuff but it's like well most most liberals these days are just progressives and they are, aren't actually for freedom necessarily. And they're not watching a lot of your conservatives either. though are. So if you want to appeal to a group of people, maybe appeal to the people that your basis of what you're, you know, what you stand for, you know, I, I don't, I don't get that. I do not understand why they want to just appeal to the left. It makes zero sense to me. Almost wonder sometimes they're just a psyop to, Really, just distract away, you know. Yeah, sure. To pull votes from the others. I mean, like, well, you know, that's that's funny cause, because not that I think the LP is gonna like you know do great in twenty twenty four, but you know, as much as it always gets abused, is like here's the libertarian moment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This might actually be one, right? Because like we've got all this Afghanistan shit going off. Like everybody hates Trump. Everybody hates Biden. You know, and then uh. Not that I don't think, you know, running a comedian like Dave Smith would maybe have its issues, but the guy is well-spoken. And when it comes to speaking on the ideas, yeah. he's awesome and he doesn't compromise. And there is a thirst for that. And so, yeah, the thing would be is like, you know, a guy like that comes out and he's an excellent communicator. He's used to speaking in front of people because, you know, obviously comedian with the big podcast. Uh, and he makes a bunch of waves. And then he gets Joe Biden or Kamala Harris reelected because most of the people that that appeal is going to be with are going to be people that are on the right, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, that's a, that's a hard one to navigate. It, it really is. I, I don't know. I, I, I was actually thinking about that earlier that the, here is the opportunity for the libertarian party to, because I mean, how many people that actually voted for, you know, Joe Biden voted just cause they didn't want to vote for Trump. So take away that chunk. And how many that are just now that are pissed? You know, they they even may have been a fan, and they're like, "What is going on?" And there's a yeah. lot of people that are, you know, his approval ratings are in the trash. So, this is when libertarians should capitalize on this because is there any other good besides Tulsi Gabbard, which her own party won't even, you know, right put her in? Like, is there any good Democrats left that aren't just corrupt as fuck? I mean. And don't get me wrong. There's tons of Republicans that are corrupt as hell too. You know, there's tons of rhinos. There's, there's, you know, DeSantis. Um, I used to think Christy Noem was pretty good until her recent, you know, thing. You know, I don't think she's terrible. But no, anyways. but it, it, yeah, it gets back to the whole like, oh, okay, you're okay with the corporate overlords shitting on my rights, yeah. just as long as yeah. it's not the government shitting on my rights. Yeah. But this would just be such an opportunity, and you know what? They won't. 
they'll go fuck it up. Yeah. They really will. And it's like, that's why sometimes like, is this a damn, like, do you guys actually not care to win or you just want to run around on stage with your shirt and your pants off and, you know, yeah. be stupid. I don't know. But yeah, her and, and that, that thing about the vaccine passports, I was like, you were doing so well. And then she said that shit. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, I yeah. You, you know, on the one hand, I, part of me can kind of get it because there is kind of some legal questions. Like she doesn't want to do something and then lose. But at the same time, it's not really about winning and losing. It's about making the statement and you have to make the statement. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know where I was even going with that. I mean, it stands on its own, but like the Ron DeSantis thing in Florida. So mm-hmm. a government can mandate masks, but they can't like mandate no masks. Like that, that just blows my mind. Like why is the one okay and the other's not? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. But, but that's the point though, is that like, at least he did it. Right, like he took a stand mm-hmm. on the issue, and and that's I think the problem with Republicans is they're not, not enough of them are wading into the issue and just making a point because the thing mm-hmm. is you don't win every battle and you never will, but you have to set those principles and then those are what get people fired up, and then you know that's how you build people from there. I want to know more about that mask thing. Like, who says that he can't? Some like federal court. Like, and, yeah. Uh, it's but, State I mean, court, I guess. Is there something to back up that says like, or are they are there just some judges that are power happy? And well, like, I no, think it just it. it just goes to show that America is is firmly, firmly a banana republic at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because the other day there was an article in a Wall, yeah, might even have been a Wall Street Journal, talking about you know the Supreme Court struck down the CDC's uh, moratorium on uh, evictions, saying, "Hey, you yeah. guys have no power to do this." And, but the headline is like. Supreme Court rules to put all these people in jeopardy and, and, you know, know, just this big sob story about, you know, people who are going to lose their rent. And it's not that there should be no compassion or empathy for people that are stuck in that situation, but the reality has to be the reason these people are in this situation is because the government ordered them to not be able to go to work. So their ire should not be directed at the court for saying that the government overstepped its bounds on this thing. It should be, why didn't you guys prevent you know, the legislature and the executive from doing this lockdown that put us in this situation in the first place. And then what about the landlord, right? Which I know everybody loves to to bash on like the rich people or whatever, but dude, I know plenty of people who have like one or two rental homes that are not what I would consider particularly wealthy or super well off, right? Exactly. And And so now you might be allowing one person to keep shelter, but you're costing the other guy his food, right? Or, or his shelter, or, or whatever. It's, it's just a complete misunderstanding of how uh, economics works. And then what the powers of the CDC or the executive are supposed to even be. Because on that specific issue, you're talking about the rights of private, private property and private contracts. And so now you're saying, oh, well, government can just step in and make this all null and void. It's incredibly screwed up. Well, the, the landlord doesn't matter because, you know, in, in an e- equitable society everybody needs to be even. And since he has just a little bit more than the person renting from him, he needs to give up and, and it has to be equal. It just is what it is, Wade. Yeah. Well, know the, you can't you know, understand the thing this. That, that people <laughs> that I don't get is like, okay, so who's going to build the apartment complex? Oh, the government's going to no. do it. Oh, so if the government's going to build the apartment complex, then what does that mean for you and I's income? Oh, it's going to go up. So who's going to take care of the apartment complex? Oh, the government. Oh, cool. That seems to work really well for all the other things that government's supposed to take care of. You know, it, yeah. it's just like, I don't know. For people that think that the state needs to have more power, needs to control everything, it's like, have you ever stepped foot into the DMV? Right. <laughs> yep. I mean, have yep. you ever? I, uh, I, when, when I talk with people about this, Kansas and Oklahoma, tag offices. In Kansas, they're all state ran. You go in, the long, lines are longer than hell. You know, you got to grab a ticket. You, now you can at least do it on your phone. You can come back. But it, it is a stupid, long, drawn-out process. The people working there are not in a hurry because they don't they don't have to be, and they don't care. Right. You know, no matter what, they're going to have their job. They come in tomorrow. They'll pick a, you know. But then in Oklahoma, those tag offices, they're privately owned. Well, guess what? They have to be in a hurry. They they have to be uh, quick and expedient because they want the breakfast customers to return. And I've registered my boats and stuff in uh, in Oklahoma. I mean, it's it, 
and I go in and I'm, I'm in and out in like five minutes, maybe 10 minutes. I've even had to do title work, you know, and in Kansas, if you got title work, oh God, you're going to be in there for an hour. I've done that in like 10 minutes. And it's like, this is nuts. You know, just two examples, privately owned, state owned, uh, you know. Well, what else you got? Oh, not much. Nothing really. COVID's not as bad as I think everyone thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh, and, I'm, and I get that I'm, you know, a healthy 33-year-old male. So, I mean, that I never thought if I did ever catch it, it was going to hit me this hard. But I do often wonder if, you know, you know, we've talked about before, you know, got sick way back in during the very beginning of this. And yeah. That could have been regular COVID. It could have been a virus. I don't know. I always thought it was just COVID. But, I mean, this definitely, I guess, would be the Delta variant that I have because I do know that loss of taste and smell are very low on the Delta variant. I don't even think they made the top 10 symptoms, if I remember right. I read it a while back. And then even, like, congestion and coughing and stuff like that. Like, it's that's not even that high on the Delta variant. And I have a little bit of a cough just because there's drainage going down, you know, but that's it. It's not like I'm over here hacking up and I can't breathe. So yeah, I don't know. Right on. Well, well that's probably good. Yeah, it's been about an hour. Yeah, I guess that'll cover it. Oh, well, okay, cool. I didn't realize we were doing it that long. All right, All man. Right, yep. Talk to you later. See you.